Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Boomtown Hoops podcast. I am Steven, uh, joined by Josh, Cade, and Jackson. Gentlemen, we're all back. Uh, the the tank is back on. Um, Cade, go ahead and kick us off. Uh, you know, we had, I'll let you kind of talk about the, uh, how, you know, the, the, the Memphis game Wednesday night. Never really felt like we were in it. Um, just just kind of your takeaways from that one. I mean, it comes down to SGA shoots 14 shots, four, four of 14. Your best player is not performing well. Um, he still gets up to 26, but he did it on uh, 19 free throws, making 17 of them. I mean, other than that, you get almost no offensive production for anyone. Poku looked solid. I mean, he shot four of seven, two of four from three. But outside of that, you're not getting any efficient offense, and you're not going to beat a team like that, scoring 102 points in 2022. It just doesn't happen that way. And then on the other side, I mean, you're just getting beat up. SGA had, you know, bigger defenders, broader defenders that just had them beat. They game planned really well for SGA, and I think that was one of the first, like, two or three times we've seen that a team actually have a solid game plan that's worked on him. But, I mean, as we see in the next game, SGA bounces back from that. But, I mean, other than that, you just can't score 102 points and win a game unless you're playing the Miami Heat, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and then immediately, or, you know, a couple of days of rest for, for the Thunder, go up to Cleveland on Saturday. And, Josh, they only score 102 points again. You know, was there anything that you felt like might have been a positive going up there against Cleveland, which is they kind of seem like they're one of the better teams maybe right now in the East? Yeah, um, I mean, Cleveland obviously is a really good basketball team in the East. and uh, But kind of like Kay said, you know, um, you have to score more points than 102 points. Um, you know, it's just kind of the way the league is now. Um, you know, you can't beat teams. I mean, yes, you can play good defense, but you also have to stop people. And um, they just didn't score enough points, and that's kind of what I saw Saturday. Yep. And then Jackson, you know, Monday uh, Monday night's game against the Mavericks. This one seemed like they they almost did their what they've been doing lately of coming back in the fourth quarter. I is it safe to say there wasn't enough Isaiah Joe in the fourth quarter Monday night? It might be. I mean. I didn't have the highest of expectations for Isaiah Joe when we signed him. I thought, you know, could be a fun piece, but I kind of want Isaiah Joe to play more minutes. I think he's been impressive. Like, his shooting is unbelievable, um, and he's been serviceable when he's out there. We're not getting run off the floor. Um, I I wouldn't hate to see more minutes. It opens things up for Shea, and as you can see last night, by his 42, I mean, it. you know, when you have – a threat from deep out there on the court. It changes everything, and we don't have a ton of those on the roster. So, yeah, give me more Isaiah Joe minutes. I just checked in on this. Isaiah Joe, um, his 21 points was his it tied for his season high, which was only – the only other game he did that was the Denver Nuggets when they went to overtime. So, I was just, it tied his season high in points. Yeah, I'm with you, Jackson, about more Isaiah Joe. Um, I think in October he was – that, that was when we played at Dallas, and that was when he went off, and we were kind of introduced to who Isaiah Joe was. And so I was, I was hoping he would go off for more points and do it again. But well, unfortunately, 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 uh, three game losing streak going into this massive seven straight home game, uh, you know, up here, basically right through kind of Christmas time. But, uh, you know, the tank is back and rolling. Um, Okay, you 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 sent a, a a tweet earlier in the in the channel uh, for us, and it was uh, from one of our own uh, Thunder chats, and it was seems like a lot of people have switched back to the side of let's go get a top five pick. Uh, I mean, I, I 
there's that hope that's still like, eh, maybe we can make a playoff, you know, play in run. But I think, Cade, you know, I think it's just going to be, let's see what we can do to get a top five pick. I think just in, in the general assumption of Mark Dignall and Tim Presti and, and to the point where SGA is, where you have Jason Kidd calling him an MVP caliber player and, you know, Luca, who is an MVP caliber player, you know, giving his acknowledgement to his skill. So re- realistically, you just let it happen. You don't you don't force losing. You don't force winning. You go out there with the, the lineups you think you want to roll with and get a, a view of and, you know, see how they play together. Um, you kind of just roll out what you think could realistically work. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. And that's okay. And, you know, really have no expectations. Back to that 2019-2020 uh, season, we had no expectations. It was fun when we win, and when we lost, it was okay. I think that's kind of where we need to be now. We don't necessarily need to be rooting for the losing because, I don't know, I think I saw a stat somewhere that the, the team that had the best odds or, you know, the the losingest team of the NBA season has yet to, you know, earn the first overall pick since the new lottery rules came in where the top three have the same odds. So, realistically – don't try to lose as much as you can. If it happens, it happens. I don't think anyone's going to really care. We've been through it for two seasons now. But, I mean, if you can go win, go win. It's kind of like the inconsistency of, inconsistencies of a young team is you're going to go on a f- five-game winning streak. You're going to ride high. And whenever you're down in the dumps, you're going to lose three or four in a row. And it's just kind of what you see with the young team. And I think we'll see them bounce back here on the home home stretch a little bit. But other than that, you just let it ride. Yep. I'm with Kate on this, you know, I think uh, you come, you want to see them just develop and, you know, just continue to get better. And um, I think SGA's gotten a lot better. Um, obviously, they're a better team when he's on the floor. Um, but you just want to, you know, you try to win. And if you can't, you can't. Um, but you don't definitely don't want to tank because, you know, like I said, we've been through it for two years and it's, it's not fun losing games on purpose. Yeah, I – obviously, you'd rather have the fifth pick than the twelfth pick. Um, you know, if you're not going to make the play and you'd, you'd obviously rather have a better pick and I'm struggling to see us at this point making the plan. Um, but I think there's just enough talent on this team, especially, you know, if SGA is playing night in, night yeah. out, that it's not possible to lose enough games to end up with top five odds. You know, maybe the, the draft gods you know, reward us for winning and, you know, having the 10th best odds and, you know, we somehow pick fourth. But I just – unless something happens with SGA, I don't see any way that this team is bad enough to end up with bottom five odds. Um, but I also I, – I don't really see the play in as a real possibility at this point. Yeah, we could be, like the, we could be like the Pelicans in uh, 2019 and end up winning mm-hmm. the lottery. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a conspiracy guy, but Adam Silver is pushing this non-tank factor. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. maybe we get a slight reward for not tanking, Just just saying. Well, moving right along, um, somebody that, you know, we talked about right before we started recording here, um, Jackson Cade, uh, here's your time to uh, enlighten everybody on how Lou Dort needs to be better. Okay, I'm going to start us off here, and Jackson, you can rebuttal, because I'm sure you don't see completely eye to eye with me on this. On the Lou Dort plethora, I mean, like we just said, there's no expectations on the season. Why are we getting mad if someone who is young is underperforming for a certain stretch? Just, I want to say, like eight games ago, people were praising the dude because he's scoring 20 somewhat efficiently within the within the role of, of the offense. You know, he's playing within himself. He shoots a little bit. He, he forces a few threes, and he has a bad shooting night. Moves in SGA shoe bad, but he doesn't get the same attention. I'm just saying we're a young team going through. Like we talked about it, Lou Dort's not going to have a top three scoring role next season. 
you know, if he's lucky, he might average a little bit more than Josh Giddy, but it'll be on more sufficiency. He's not going to have that role next season. This season has no expectations other than develop. If why not let your fourth best offensive player in a down year shoot 20 shots a game? It doesn't really hurt you. Next season, he's not gonna be able to do it. It's just building building up good looks. You know, I'm I'm not personally mad about him not playing well. He'll play better and better stretches. We'll start winning. We'll lose more. It's gonna happen again. It's up and down, just like the whole season's gonna be. I'm not mad at him. I think, you know, keep letting Dort shoot six threes at this point. I mean, obviously when you have chat and you're trying to win, he's probably gonna shoot three or four max, but at this point, just let him cook. If a team came in with the right offer, I'd trade Lou Dort today. <laughs> I I mean what? No. <laughs> I couldn't find my unmute button. <laughs> I'm just saying. I look, I like Lou Dort. He's a likable guy. Plays good defense. If we could defense. if we could trick a team that's like compete like if New Orleans is like, man, we need just like a lockdown guy to they have Herb Jones, so he's they're probably not the right choice. But you know, if somebody was like, you know, we just need a good defender. We'll give you a first round pick, unprotected. I do it right now. Okay. I, I mean, I. Sorry, go ahead. My problem with this, and it's not a bad problem. So uh, I'm gonna go ahead and like kind of skip into the next topic. Darian said in our Discord channel, realistically, how how good would the Thunder have to be for Presti to buy in at the deadline instead? So here's my question to you: If we're playing good, Dor's playing well, do you use him as a salary filler with picks to trade for someone better if we're playing well? Uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely, 100%. I, wow. So here's the thing with Blue Dort. And I, I like I said, I like Blue Dort. I don't, I think he is, his best role is, like, he's a solid rotation piece on a, a good team, which, you know, it, we're not quite a good team right now. So, you know, down the line, he could be good. But I think his absolute ceiling is still, he's not, I don't think he's as good of a defender as Andre Robertson was in his prime and he's better offensively, but he's still a below average offensive player. Um, you know, if he continues to improve as a three point shooter, you know, three and D guy, you obviously want somebody, you want to have somebody like him around, but at the end of the day, like he's not a game changer, an absolute game changer in my eyes. I think he's a strong defender, but you can also find strong defenders, maybe not to Lou Dort's caliber, but somebody that can also, be more of a plus on the offensive end. I don't like I said. I I'm not saying I want Lou Dort to be traded. I'm just saying if the right offer came in, I'd take it because we see night in and night out. Like he has his good nights, he has his bad nights on offense. And if that's you know if that's because we're in the middle of a bad season and we're just kind of letting guy we're rolling the balls out, letting guys do their thing, that's fine. But if the shot selection continues <laughs> in seasons where we're trying to compete, like. I can't. There's times where Lou Dort has the ball, and I just I want to pull my hair out. And I didn't have that much hair for that long for different reasons. But man, <laughs> Lou Dort's got me ready to pull it out. And it's it's like I said, like it's fine. Like I said, I'm not necessarily ready to you know trade Lou Dort, give up on him. That's not what I'm saying. But if the right offer came in and the team was like, hey, we need a good defender for the playoffs this year, we'll give you blank. I don't know what blank is. But I'd take it. I wouldn't be like, if we got the notification, we got the watch bomb, you know, Lou Dort's been traded. I wouldn't be like, oh, no, this is the end of the world. I'd be like, ah, right. Okay, so what's your asking price for Lou Dort, Darius Baisley, and a first-rounder? I'd have to think about it, but 
I mean, <laughs> the issue there, I don't know. The question there is, is what's Bayes' value? Like, and I, I don't know that we're at that point yet. I think that might be a, a next season question mm-hmm. because, like, if we add a better piece, then are we still ending up, you know, at the 12th seed or like at the 12th pick, like best odds? Like, if, if we're adding somebody and it takes us to a play in game, that's different. But if we're adding something for down the road, like for, for next year, I'm not sure that you know, improving the team enough this year to push to next year is better than, you know, still bottoming out, you know, finishing with the seventh best odds and then, you know, maybe you end up with the top four pick. But, uh, you know, it's a good question. I don't know. That, that would be an intriguing trade package to me if I was a team that – see, that's, I can't figure out who that trade package is, like, biting, but I, re- I, I think somebody would bite at it. So, so let me jump in here. I, I, and it just reminded me, I saw an article earlier this week from, I think it was from SI about it's basically, it's time to move on from Darius basically. I'm just going to just real quick, just go from each one of you guys. Um, just a, a yes or no. Should we trade basically this year, Josh? Um, I'm going to say no, not this year, but if we got a really good offer with, like a really good player and picks, I maybe would consider it. Um, I would trade Basley before trading Dort, though. Kate, I'm gonna go with yes, and honestly, for a cheap price. And it's it's nothing against Darius Basley. <laughs> it's for the simple fact that we have more young guys that have higher ceilings that will get more value from playing now than that will be better probably next year than Basley will have in his career. But that doesn't go to say that Basley is not an NBA guy. I think he could really impact a team. If they're already not good at shooting like the Los Angeles Lakers, just have a tall three that could guard guys or, you know, just any other team that could needs a cheap guy to buy at the deadline. I mean, we're not going to benefit from having this offseason drama. He's a clutch sports guy. It's just not worth it to me. You know, just sell cheap, let somebody else have him. We don't need him. It doesn't really – I don't think it hurts us to sell cheap. I think it benefits somebody else. You know, if, if nothing else, get Sam Presti in good with another executive. Yeah, I, I would trade Baisley. Um I, I like him as a player. I don't love him as a player. I think if he was traded to the right team where he had a specific role that he could excel if it's the right role. I think right now he's kind of in that in between as a lot of guys are, you know, we have guys who are just trying to figure out what they do. Um, and there's nights where basically plays well and there's nights where, you know, it's just, it's just not working. I think it, if traded to the right team, he could be, you know, a rotation piece you know, bottom end of the rotation, but still in the rotation. Um, so yeah, I would trade, I would trade basically, you know, and it wouldn't even have to be that great of an offer. And it's not, it's not for him. It's not, you know, a him issue. It's not us. Like, I don't think he has the value um, that people would love to see, but that's kind of what Pressy's done a lot of times with his picks is he takes a swing at a guy who's long and athletic and, you know, you hope that it develops into something great and it hasn't quite worked out phase. I don't think he's, you know, terrible, but I don't think he's in the rotation for us down the line. I think I'd rather see, you know, Usman Jang or somebody like that play those minutes. I don't really necessarily blame him for what's happened in this tenure with the Thunder. You see, you're, you're on a team that's, you know, maybe a playoff team for your first year, and you know it's not going to go longer than that. And you're on a tanking team, and you try and take over and be a star and develop into a star, and it just doesn't work out for you. But what else do you do on it? You go to a team that's going to win 20 games, and you're told you're going to make the team better if you play a role. Well, what are you going to do? Take the team from 21 to 22. So 
I don't necessarily like disagree with him trying to get his own and, you know, trying to get a bag maybe and trying to be the kind of the the guy where, you know, trying to take that step, but he just doesn't have it. Um, it, But it's hard to convince a guy like that, you know, play a role on a 21 team. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Josh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, um, I mean, I, I still wouldn't trade him, but I mean, uh, unless there's like a really good offer, but um, like I said, I just, you know, I know he's been here a while, but I just maybe want to give him a little bit more of a chance. And if it's not working, then trade him in the off season. That's that would that's what I would do. Yeah, it's not. I mean, to 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 me, uh, he's kind of one of those like if the right offer comes along, uh, you know, he might be one that that you know come, you know, whatever end of February, beginning of March, and you know, start at the trade deadline. I I think he'd be, he's probably one of the more likely guys on the move. So, um, Cade, you know, you guys, you know, we're talking about basically guys that could replace basically if he gets traded or if he doesn't come back next year. Um, Jalen Williams, Jay will and Usman Zhang in the G league. Uh, Kate, I'll let you just go ahead and, and gush about them for a little bit. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I didn't, I haven't seen a whole lot of what they've done in the G league other than maybe some stats here and there, but I did get a chance to watch today and I was thoroughly, you know, impressed with more so Jay will than Usman Zhang. I mean, obviously we've, we've talked about him, Last part, we like his progress. He's come along, you know, that checkpoint he came in and got his career. That was awesome. But looking at Jalen Williams from today, first off, stat line looked solid. He was uh, 23 points on 8 of 13 shooting. He knocked down a three-pointer, kind of in rhythm, kind of just like walked into it. On um, the second three that he took, he had like a little jab step and a little hesitation. And, you know, just kind of cut that out, take a take a rhythm three, maybe it knocks, goes down more. Um, On point eight attempts, on point eight makes per game and 1.9 attempts per game, he's shooting 40% from three in the G League. So, I mean, obviously, if the the volume goes up and it drops about 35%, we'll take that. That's good shooting that we want from a big man to stretch the floor. But, I mean, just like looking at the little things, you know, kind of like the, the touch off of his passes from the high post, um, out of the low post, finding God in the cut on the backside. Um, just little things like that that I think he would improve the ceiling of Jalen Williams. He would help the the vision and the secondary playing off Giddy's passing. I mean, kind of just elevate what you can do on the floor in terms of plays and, you know, just finding your reads. And then uh, – Jang, he got 22 points, 16 rebounds, which 10 of them came in the first half, um, 9 of 18 shooting, and a team-high 41 minutes. So he's definitely getting his reps in. And kind of what I saw from him was like an aggressive point of attack coming off of a uh, a handoff, kind of turning the corner, getting to the rim with kind of shifty, like Paul George-esque, you know, step-throughs, Euro steps. Um, For him, he might be that power forward rebounding we need to go alongside Pokey. You know, maybe maybe throw him in for one or two starts and see how he does just out there. Um, Obviously, I really like J-Dub in that spot, at the starting spot, but as we've all seen in the stats, that's been a horrendous lineup. So, I mean, uh, those two could realistically, with the with the injury of JRE, come make an impact this year. So, just kind of come see what they're willing to do or what they can do and tell Mike Muscala, hey, take a back seat. You know, just be a veteran in the locker room. Um, Darius Baisley, you don't know what's happening with him. He doesn't have to play. It's fine. And then maybe just set back Trey Mann's minutes just a little bit like, the, like it has been. Yeah, Jackson. Is there anything that I mean? I I know we haven't been able to watch a whole lot of of blue action this year, but like, you know, Usman, Jay, Will, does it seem like one of them is primed to make a a decent you know stab at even next year's rotation? I think Usman. Um, I from what I've seen and mostly highlights more than actually being able to sit down and watch the game. Um, he's looked good um, from what I've seen in, in his minutes. Um, he gets to play more of a primary role, work on his decision-making, and, and those are things that you, know, you like to see because when he you know, takes the step to the 
to the big league, he's not going to, you know, have the ball as much. And um, when he gets the ball, you know, that decision-making, those like first, you know, first, second dribbles are going to be far more important um, than when, you, you know, when you get the ball and you handle it as much as, you know, SGA does. Um, so I've liked what I've seen in the, like, those minutes. I think he is far and away um, the best shot to, you know, play more minutes. I, I'm still not all the way there on Jalen Williams. I think he's, you know, more of an end of the bench guy, but I think, you know, he could stick around for a while. But um, to me, Zhang is a guy who, who will play next year. And actually, will, I wouldn't be shocked if he played, you know, seventh or eighth most minutes, which, you know, is not a high bar, but it's, you know, it's something. Yep. Uh, Jackson, I agree with you. I'm going to go with the, um, you know, with uh, Uzmang. Um, I haven't seen a lot of his games either, but I've seen some highlights on Twitter, and um, it looks like he's getting some solid minutes in and definitely could be a rotational player um, next year for the Thunder. I just want to interject and say that catch and shoot, maybe his stats have not looked as good as you might want to see or his percentage is as high as you want to see, but, like, the way he's doing it, it does not look bad. Like, it's soft misses off the rim. I mean, it's right there. It's not ugly clanks, way to the left, way to the right, like we've seen from players in the past. Just realistically, he could be a, a decent catch and shooter alongside SGA and Giddy. Yeah, and and kind of you know my thought all along for this whole se- you know this the last heck two years really has just been like most of these guys are sh- really should be in college still. I mean, I I know NBA has changed a whole lot the last you know decade or so, but you know most of these guys are like you know they 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 should still be. <laughs> at least in college, age-wise at least. So, you know, that's that's something to also consider with a lot of these guys. I mean, even Baisley, you know, like we've been – we talked about it some last year too of like he's – you know, he was still only, you know, however old it was last year. But like it's just one of those things of like keeps – you know, growth is important obviously in the NBA. But um, moving right along, um, we're going to jump into our very specific predictions. It's always fun to say. So, uh, Jackson – uh, go ahead and kick it off, then we'll go Cade and then Josh to wrap it up. Yeah, to, to touch on my one from last time, I was close. I was in the right neighborhood. I wasn't at the right house, but I was in the right neighborhood. You know, Giddy didn't hit the amount of threes I thought he would, but he did shoot a very good percentage. I think he ended possibly at, at around 50% over the stretch, um, which is something you like to see. I mean, he was shooting it much more efficiently. Didn't quite get the volume I, I was hoping for. Um, I'm not going to stick with um giddy this time so i like what i saw um we're looking at i think most likely four games before we record again um next week let's take off tuesday um my prediction is that the thunder go three and one in this stretch um it's you know it's a good stretch of teams it's you know the heat timberwolves the grizzlies and the trailblazers um coming off a rough stretch finally getting some home games i think there's games there to be had and three and one is my very specific prediction um, including wins over the Timberwolves and the Heat. So that's at least the two-game win streak upcoming. The I think the key for the Heat game is simply just score 100 points. You know, usually that's a really low bar, but I'm telling you, just score 100 points and you're beating that offense. Knock down eight three-pointers and you're probably doubling what they made. Like, look, oh, I know we said 102 points doesn't win <laughs> you at games in the NBA, but it does against the Miami Heat. Exactly, the one team. One uh, my, very, my very specific prediction – is I went with SGA out playing Mitchell and Garland in the Cavs game. I think he had 23 points on like 13 shots, seven of seven shots made on 13 attempted. Don't know if that's exact. I don't have it in front of me. 
But I'm going to go with a similar approach. I think if there are, everyone's healthy, SGA and Giddy outplay Damon and Infernee Simons both nights, like as a, as a combined efficiency and points. Yep. Well, um, for my Thunder predictions, um, you know, it's really nice to have a bunch of home games. Um, I'm going to go that the Thunder split it, and they go two and two. I'm going to say they beat the Heat, beat the Timberwolves, but lose to the Grizzlies and the Trailblazers. Um, my specific prediction is that um, Dort has a good shooting out against the Heat, and um, I think he scores more than 10 points in that game. I think Poku's going to out-rebound Rudy Gobert in the Timberwolves game, too. Ooh. I'm just going to put that out there. That's good happen. I, 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 okay. Cade, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you are, you're, you're, you've got some spicy takes tonight, man. Someone's going to have them. Someone oh, has God. to. Yeah. Uh, all right. So mine obviously was way did not hit last week. The Steven Adams 18 rebound game. Um, this week, I'm going to say so. And these next four games, like Jackson was saying, but next time I record, I'm going to say that Poku will have at he will have 10 three pointers and six blocks during this four game streak. I had to have a more realistic um, prediction with mine because I predicted SJ would hit three th- or 10 three pointers against the Mavericks, but um, he ended up only hitting one. So I was way off <laughs> on that one. All right, I just got to add two things. First off, just just in, Jimmy Butler got caught with the Lou Dort flu, which is his right knee injury management, so he does not want to play Lou Dort. <laughs> and then second thing, I do want to say, I think all of our predictions are right. Um, Steven Adams did win the tip over Poku in the Memphis Grizzlies game. There we go. So two things. I mean, I, I, I think – sorry. I think Poku is due for a bounce back game. Obviously, you know, hasn't didn't go well the other night. He played well uh, – what was it? I think it was Saturday against the Cavs. He played really well, um, but then not so well last night. So I, I'm kind of on board with Poku. I think Poku goes through a hot stretch at home. So moving right in, we're gonna just you know preview our uh, you know these these four games we're talking about. Uh, you know we've already kind of touched base on it just a little bit, but uh, we've got uh, Wednesday home against the Heat. Just like Cade said, uh, Jimmy Butler's catching the Lou Dort flu with that with that knee knee problem friday at home against minnesota and then following that right up on saturday with uh with memphis and then day off and then back to work on monday against the first of two at home against portland so um josh i I think you kind of already said we'll we'll split but uh give us one key takeaway from what to expect uh from the miami game um, you know, I just expect to, you know, see them to come out hard and play. Um, hopefully, you know, we don't lose four in a row. Um, I expect them to come out and score. Um, kind of like what you guys said, you know, if you score more than 100 points, you'll probably win the game. So, um, I expect a bounce back, a bounce back game, and um, I think it should be a good one tomorrow night. Yeah, Cade, um, you know, the the, the Friday Saturday games, what's I, I mean, it's two teams that we've, you know, we faced off here in the last week. What's something that we can, you know, that the Thunder can do to kind of remedy these those past losses to Minnesota and Memphis? I like the I like the Minnesota game. I really do because I feel like Minnesota can shoot just as bad as we can shoot, and uh, both teams are very capable of getting hot and maybe hitting you know a few more threes than the other. So I think it'll be another close game. Um, 
But I do like us coming on the on the good side of that, like us winning that game. Um, especially with Rudy Gobert in the game. Last time, like we saw, they were worse when he was in the game. So I like that. And then the Grizzlies game, I don't like that matchup. I'm not a fan of that matchup. I haven't been since 2013. Um, still don't like the Grizzlies. I think they're pretty good at game planning against Shea. Um, I feel like it's just usually a pretty ugly game. Um, sometimes it was about 73 and sometimes we don't. So I think a key for the Minnesota game, too, is to go straight at Rudy Gobert and maybe get a, a technical or rejected like we did mm-hmm. last time. <laughs> Yeah. So, so yeah. So Jackson, I'll let you just go ahead and uh, you know close us out here with with Monday's uh, game against Portland coming up. What's what what's the you know what's the key thing to to look for in this game? I think a major key, if you look at our history with Portland, is you let them end our franchise again because they love to talk about it. They ended our franchise and we got SGA. So maybe they end us again. We get Wanyama or Wimbenyama. I don't know, but. Honestly, I think we come out with these trailblazers. I don't think they're that good. Um, they're not bad, but like I'm interested in seeing kind of an SGA game battle. They play a different style, but I'm curious to see that. Um, I think, like I said, I think we go three and one through the stretch. I do think we lose on the second night of a back-to-back against the Grizzlies, um, but I think we bounce back against the trailblazers. Uh, I, I'm very, very excited to see how we look um, in another division game. Uh, is this? I believe this is the first time we played Portland this year, so I'm very excited to kind of see how we match up with them because I think they are a team in our division that's more our speed um, at this point. I don't think we're quite ready to play with you know teams like the Nuggets, but I would be. I'm, I'm interested to see this matchup. Just to piggyback off that, don't let Dame hit 11 threes in 29 minutes, and you might have you might have a chance to win the game. Yeah. So hey. Jackson, I've got one for you. Uh, as we record this on Tuesday night, uh, the spread is uh, three and a half for Miami. You uh, you taking Miami? You're taking OKC on this one. We are three and a half point dogs, I assume. Yes, I'm taking us absolutely 100. percent I think worst case scenario, if we were to lose this game, it's going to be close. And if they don't have Jimmy, uh, I like our chances. I you know I worry we don't really have anybody that matches up super well with Bam at the moment, but I give give me Thunder plus three and a half. There's your there's your money to take home for the week. We've got we've got the height. We've got the height, and the, yep. the advantage is there. So, well, I think that will pretty much wrap it up for us this week. Uh, just a spin on Tankathon. Uh, we do have the number one pick overall. So here we go for Victor Wimbignana. So, no. so. For Josh, Cade, and Jackson, I am Steven. Thank you guys for listening, as always. And we will talk to you guys next week. Thunder up.